Welcome to Protect Your Money with FSCS, the podcast from the Financial Services Compensation Scheme. I'm Caroline Rainbird, FSCS Chief Executive, and in this series, the fantastic FSCS team will help you understand how we can help to protect your money so you can feel confident your money is safe. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to episode three of the FSCS podcast, protecting your pension and your future. I'm your host, Jess Spires, and I'm senior content manager at FSCS. Now, FSCS exists to protect customers of authorised financial services firms that have gone bust. So if the company you've been dealing with has failed and it can't pay back your money itself, we can step in to pay compensation, assuming that you meet our eligibility criteria. Now, we protect lots of financial products, but not all of them. So we've designed this podcast series to help you understand our protection and why it's so important. So whatever your level of financial knowledge, if it's quite basic or if you're a bit of an expert, we're here to help you feel confident that your money is safe. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to two of my communications team colleagues, Emma Barrow and Connor Richards, all about pensions. So what pensions are, some of the risks around them and how you can check if your pension is FSCS protected. Just a quick teaser of the question that we're going to be asking all our guests at the end of the episode. So we're all about keeping your money safe, but what was the toy that got you breaking open your piggy bank as a child? Right, let's introduce Emma and Connor now. So guys, could you let our listeners know a little bit about who you are and what you do at FSCS? Who would like to go first? I don't mind going first. Go on then. Um, So hi everyone, I'm Emma, I'm the Head of Communications at FSCS. I'm really, really excited to be on the podcast today, slash a little nervous because I don't really enjoy listening to myself, but never mind, Um, because my job is all about helping um, consumers and customers understand FSCS and what we do and and how we can protect them. And sadly, and I'm sure um, both you and Connor know this, uh, I'm a little bit of a pensions nerd, so I'm quite obsessed with pensions. um, So I'm really happy to be talking about it with you today. Brilliant. Thank you, Emma. Connor, you'll go. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Connor. I'm a communications and business stakeholder partner at the FSCS. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, guys. So we're talking about pensions today, um, and it's definitely fair to say that pensions are one of the most complex financial products out there. But they are also absolutely crucial as they determine what kind of retirement, so therefore what kind of future we're all going to have. Yeah, people don't necessarily realise that FSCS protect pensions, um, but they are actually one of the products that do fall under our protection. There are absolutely loads of options out there for pensions. Um, and since pension freedoms were introduced in 2015, there's a lot more you can do with your money in retirement. So just kind of to explain a little bit more about that, that pension freedoms were some new bits of legislation brought in by the government back in 2015. And they basically give people a lot more freedom and choice about what you can do with your pension pot when you retire. So mainly, this was about defined contribution pensions. Um, So workplace pensions where you and your employer put money in uh, to build up a pot of money that you can use to give yourself an income uh, when you retire. And so these You know, defined contribution is one of those kind of bits of jargon. Pensions is absolutely full of it. Defined contributions are different to defined benefit schemes. So defined benefit schemes, you might hear them called final salary schemes. They promise a specific income um, when you retire. So, you know, kind of exactly what you're going to get. Whereas a defined contribution or a DC scheme, that depends on certain things. So it depends on how much money you pay in, how your investments perform over time, um, and then the choices you obviously make at retirement. 
So these pension freedoms meant once you get to retirement age, you've got options. You can take the whole amount of money that you've uh, saved up and invested um, as one big lump sum, and you'll get 25% of that tax free. And the rest is taxed as if it was as an income, as a salary. And then once you've got the rest of that, you know, cash, that lump sum, you can then reinvest it. You can put it in a savings account. Um, Hopefully you wouldn't kind of keep it as cash under the mattress. Um, But hopefully you would then use that lump sum to generate some returns uh, so that you can uh, use it in retirement. So that's one option. Um, pension freedoms also meant that you could not just take one lump sum all at once. You can take little bits at a time to, again, give yourself an income to live off. Or you can still buy an annuity. So you can still buy an annuity, another one of those kind of jargony words. Um, an annuity will give you a guaranteed income for the for the rest of your life, essentially. And some annuities allow you to pass money on to dependents and things like that, too. But these pension freedoms gave you a lot more options. So people retiring today have a lot more options than they did, say, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, that's right, Emma. Um, And there's an interesting stat from research that we carried out with retirees aged 55 to 75 that's worth mentioning here, since we're talking about the choices that people have in retirement. So most retirees that we surveyed said that planning early is the key to a successful transition to retirement. So almost two thirds of retirees recommended planning your finances early. Uh, But however, of the 40 million working age people, 22 million say that they don't know enough to plan their retirement. Um, And that's that comes from the Money and Pension Services UK Strategy for Financial Wellbeing 2020 to 2030 report. And I think that shows, Connor, that there's a real gap in people's knowledge around pensions. I mean, obviously, you you guys listening can't see us on screen, but Connor and I are both fairly young. (laughs) Um, And I know a lot of people my age and my friends don't know a lot about pensions they are still something that's it's kind of really confusing and, and people don't like talking about it but bearing in mind these options that I've kind of just mentioned by the time we get to retirement age and you know hopefully it'll come quicker <laughs> quicker than uh, than I think it's really important to know how FSCS can protect the money you've saved um, if something goes wrong and your provider goes under or one of the investments that you've made um, you know goes wrong And as I think I mentioned right at the start, our data shows that awareness of FSCS pensions protection is really low. So only around one in five uh, adults in the UK and just over one in five for those over 55, but around one in five, that's all that only one in five know that we protect them. So four in five people, roughly 80 percent are walking around not not knowing. And when we really want to change that so people can kind of, you know, make informed choices when they're deciding what to do with their money. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, and, you know, we're going to try and help you do that today. So we're going to explain how FSCS can protect pensions and tell you a little bit more about our pension protection checker, which you can find on our website. And you can use that to find out if FSCS could protect your pension. So we're going to get into talking about uh, FSCS protection for pensions in a minute. But before we kind of start to delve into all that, let's just take a step back and ask what might sound like a bit of a stupid question, because we never, ever want to assume knowledge. Um, What actually is a pension? A very good question, Jess. (laughs) Um, And I think, as I said, that word really tends to put people off and immediately switches you off. And and I actually helped someone I met through work a few years ago now who was doing a, a postgraduate research degree all about why it is that that word and the whole concept of pensions really scares people. So even if you're someone that is really good with your finances generally, really on top of it, you can still be really intimidated and put off by by the whole concept of pension. But 
when you take it right back to basics, a pension is basically a tax efficient way to save money while you're working so that you can use it when you retire for an income so that you can stop working at some point and enjoy your retirement. But what actually makes up a pension uh, tend to be insurance and investment products. So that's all they are. But they're in uh, what you might see called uh, as a, a wrapper, um, a, in a pensions wrapper. So those investments and insurance products are wrapped up. Um, and the reason it's tax efficient is because the government usually adds money to your pension um, in a form of tax relief. So you, if you're working, you might have a salary sacrifice pension where the money comes out before you pay tax on your income and things like that. So uh, it's, it's a tax efficient way to save. Uh, another way of looking at it really is paying into your pension. You're contributing to a long term savings plan. So when you might save up for a holiday or a car or whatever, your pension is just a really long term savings plan so that you can access it later in life. And as I say, you can you can hopefully enjoy your retirement with it. Brilliant. Thank you, Emma. Um, and Connor, I think you're going to tell us a little bit now about how FSCS can protect pensions. Yeah, that's right, Jess. So FSCS offers three main kinds of protection for pensions. And it's worth mentioning again that we can only step in and pay compensation if your pension provider or advisor has gone out of business. So if they're still trading, you can raise your complaint with them first. And if that doesn't work, you can try the financial ombudsman service as they deal with complaints against live firms. Your pension provider or advisor also needs to be regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, which is the FCA. They're the financial services regulator or the Prudential Regulation Authority, which is the PRA, uh, in order for us to be able to help. And um, the other thing to mention, I think, is that we can only protect what we call regulated activities, which is a nice sort of legal term. Um, and, but basically, a couple of common examples of regulated activities are um, advising on investments or arranging the transfer from one pension to another. Uh, yeah, that's right. So now the caveats are out of the way, let's talk about how FSCS can protect pensions. So the first part of our pensions protection is pension provider failures. So generally, we protect pensions that are provided by UK regulated insurers, as long as they qualify as contracts of long term insurance. So a common example of this is an annuity where you can exchange the cash in your pension for a regular income from an insurance company. Where we can pay compensation for pension provider failures, we cover the pension at 100% with no upper cap. So one important thing to note is that we can't protect occupational pension schemes if they fail, but the Pension Protection Fund may be able to protect these instead, or the pensions ombudsman might be able to help. And then uh, another type of protection that we've got for pensions are uh, investment failures, so pension investment failures. So when it comes to investments, if you've got one in this kind of wrapper that I mentioned, um, it could be in a personal pension, a SIP, self-invested personal pension, um, or a defined contribution uh, scheme with your with your work. If it's a UK regulated provider that fails, uh, who held your investment, we might be able to cover you and co- pay compensation up to eighty five thousand pounds per person. So the last form of protection we can offer for pensions is for pension advice. If a UK regulated advisor has given you bad advice concerning a pension, for example, to transfer into a different kind of pension that's not suitable for you, we may be able to pay compensation up to eighty five thousand per person. And you can find all of the details of how we protect pensions on our website at www.fscs.org.uk. Yeah, thanks, Connor. And um, I just want to mention here, um, if you're thinking about transferring your pension, Money Helper, who we teamed up with in our second podcast, can offer some really great guidance. And that's completely free as well. Yeah. And worryingly for pensions, 
we're seeing a real rise in the number of claims that we're getting in this area. So sadly, there are people who are getting poor advice and, and things like that, that that are having to turn to us. So excluding SIP claims, so SIP operators are slightly different, our pension-related claims for things like getting advice, switching your plan, um, they've increased for around a quarter, 26% um, year on year for the past four years. So every single year for the past four years, they're going up. Um, And the vast majority of these are claims for pensions advice. So um, as Connor just mentioned, our protection does include paying compensation if you received negligent pension advice from a, from a firm that's that's now failed, that's no longer in business. Uh, a common example of that, bad advice, um, potentially when you're given advice to transfer to a new product, new pension product or different investments that are actually unsuitable for you. So they might be higher risk than your, um, your risk appetite is uh, or something like that. And then they weren't suitable for you. So like we said before, our limit for this is £85,000 per person for advice claims. So Depending on the reports you read, that's around the average pot size for a lot of people. But we do know that a lot of people have more than that in their pension pots. So the limit is something to bear in mind if you're thinking about making a change to your pension and you're taking advice because FSCS can protect pension advice, but at the moment only up to £85,000 per person. Yeah, that's right, Em. Um, and, you know, we hear quite a lot of stories, um, really sad stories from our pensions customers. Um, and I think, Connor, you're going to share... Um, one of those stories with us now aren't you from one of our pensions customers that's right so an NHS nurse had been paying into his defined benefit NHS pension for 20 years um, and this was guaranteed to pay out a certain amount every year when he left nursing he wanted to plan for his retirement and like many people he was worried he wouldn't have enough money to retire on so he spoke to an independent financial advisor Uh, The advisor told him he'd make more money if he moved his NHS pension to a private pension fund, but this turned out to be very high risk and it didn't actually end up making any money. The nurse lost his entire pension and he had no other savings to fall back on, so he found himself in a very stressful and worrying situation. Luckily, he found FSCS online and after investigating his case, we told him that someone in his position with little financial knowledge and no savings should never have been advised to move his pension given the benefits that he was entitled to under his previous defined benefits pension. The new pension would never have been as valuable as his NHS pension. All of this and the fact that his independent financial advisor had gone bust and was authorised by the FCA meant that he was able to claim with us for the bad advice that he was given to transfer out of his NHS pension. He got some of his money back. It wasn't all of it, but it did make a big difference to his life. And because he claimed directly with us, it didn't cost him anything to claim. And I think Jess mentioned, Connor, we... Sadly, we do see stuff like this all of the time. You know, I I work quite closely with the claims teams at FSCS and I do see stories like this every single week. Um, and they really bring home how important it is to check that your pensions uh, advisor, if you're getting advice or the provider are protected by FSCS before you commit to anything. And um, just in case something does go wrong, you know, I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but with the pension, it is, it's your whole future at risk. You know, I've seen people that are, have lost money really close to when they wanted to retire and it's just meant that they can't or it's meant that they've had to work longer or it's meant that you know they've not had the quality of life in retirement that they worked really hard to achieve and um, it's not just another savings account it's it is your future yeah that's right um and we know people might not be sure about how to go about checking if they're fscs protected so we recently built a pension protection checker which you can find on our website www.fscs.org.uk So all you do is you answer a few simple questions about your pension to find out if we can protect you. 
so as pensions are so complicated as we've been talking about unfortunately we can't always give a definitive answer on whether or not we could protect you so it really does depend on your kind of individual circumstances but where we can't say for sure we'll give you the next steps on how you can find out so for example we suggest asking your provider directly if they're fscs protected yeah that's brilliant thanks connor so let's move on now to talk a bit about some of the risks around pensions and where you can go to get help so we talked about the pension freedoms earlier and I think it's um, worth mentioning that the government introduced PensionWise to support people in making their choices under the pension freedoms. So PensionWise is a national pensions guidance service um, and it's from Money Helper, and it just offers free and impartial guidance for anyone aged 50 and over. And what you can do is you can get in touch with them, book a free appointment. I think it's normally about sort of 45 minutes to an hour. So nice and thorough. Um, And they'll help you understand your options around your pension, whatever your situation is. So if you want to find out a bit more about PensionWise, you can visit the Money Helper website for more information. And that's www.moneyhelper.org.uk. Yeah. And the FCA has actually published new rules and guidance for pension providers around PensionWise. So under these rules, pension providers are now required to refer people who want to access their pension savings to PensionWise and explain the kind of help and guidance that PensionWise can offer. Yeah, I saw that as well, Connor, and I was really, really pleased to see that. So my mum is actually uh, around about retirement age. I won't reveal how old exactly, um, but she's around about retirement age. And I've been um, encouraging her to book a pension wise appointment because she's had quite an unusual career and um, she's not very confident with pension. So I was really pleased to see uh, those new rules come in. And it's especially uh, encouraging and relevant because we did some research uh, a few months ago now to explore the financial attitudes and behaviours of people around that age, so 55 to 75. And we found that one in five of them, so 20%, had considered riskier pensions and investment products because they offer a higher rate of interest. So they were looking to boost that pension pot and boost the money that they were having in retirement. And those are exactly the kind of people that could benefit from the free and impartial advice that PensionWise offers. So when they come to make a decision, they're getting all the options laid out for them and, and and the advice that they need from someone impartial. And our research also found that the UK's uh, low interest savings environment that we're in now, so you know, I don't know about you, but I'm lucky to get 0.1% on a savings account at the moment. Um, and the fact that that's been going on for so long has had a direct impact on these retirees' financial decisions. It's tempted them to review higher interest products that they wouldn't usually consider um, purely because they're concerned that the, the rates that they're getting in their savings is not going to be enough uh, to support them in retirement. And interestingly, in comparison to what you just talked about, Em, uh, just 12% of retirees said that they had taken advice from an independent financial advisor to see how they can make their money go further. So this stat suggests that this age group are taking matters into their own hands and making investment decisions without professional advice. Yeah, I actually found that 12% stat really surprising. Um, I think I'd assume that these low numbers of people taking financial advice about their pension would be in a younger age group, rather than those about to retire or already retired, who it's, you know, it's a really current issue for, isn't it? Yeah. And for younger people, I mean, you've both Connor and Jess, you've both heard me talk about this quite passionately, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. But for younger people, I think pension calculators are really feeding into the fear so they can be really useful and you'll find pension calculators 
on providers' websites, on kind of charity websites, on independent websites. They can be really, really useful, but I've kind of got a word of caution about them. So I've always taken my pension pretty seriously. So it was kind of drummed into me by my dad from quite a young age. Um, And I've always saved really, really hard. And I've contributed as much as I can afford to from my salary. And I've always made sure I've taken advantage of contributions from my employers and things like that. And I've been doing that since I was 22, I think. Um, So even though I started saving at a much younger age than average, and I've actually put away far more than the average because, again, I've saved really hard, most calculators that I will use today will tell me I'll have a very, very small amount of money to retire on. So a really small amount of money. And especially considering for me um, in my 30s, it's good. You know, the pension age is rising all the time. I'm concerned that I won't get a state pension until I'm very, very old. So these calculators are kind of could put the fear into me if I wasn't careful. And I think that's because these calculators, they will base what they think you need in retirement based on your current salary, which for a lot of people won't won't be the same. So like um I won't need my current salary in retirement because I'm hoping to have my mortgage paid off and, and other things. So they don't always ask you enough questions to give you like a really rich picture of what your life's going to be like. And they always, well, I'll say always, they often use um, quite pessimistic projections on how your pot will grow. Um, and I get why they do that. You know, they don't want to give you false hope. They don't want to tell you that you're going to be living a life of luxury so that you get complacent. But I think that the pessimistic projection that they can show can be really worrying for people. And I know I've looked at that number and thought, oh, good, I, I really want to have holidays in retirement and you know I want to I want to enjoy myself and that that number doesn't look right Um, and I think that could tempt people into higher risk things that promise higher returns because there is a worry that you won't have enough so even if you're doing all the right things and contributing to sensible plans and have taken advice and all that good stuff I think sometimes the the information out there can can actually inadvertently make people afraid and 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 lead them down a path to making choices that might not be right for them. Yeah, I was actually using a pensions calculator recently and it basically said that I wasn't going to have very much to live on in retirement and you know it's quite hard not to be alarmed by that. Um you know when you use these tools you you're seeing them as as, as authoritative and giving you an exact calculation. But there are lots of other things to be to consider when you're using these. So you don't always need to be alarmed if it's not the result that you want to see. Something else that's sadly on the rise is people coming to us with a pension claim and we're able to compensate them. But due to our compensation limits, they still lose a substantial amount of money. Our data shows that the number of our customers with losses over our compensation limit increased by 15% last year. And this is exactly what happened to the nurse in the story that I mentioned earlier. He got some of his pension back, which is definitely better than nothing but not all of it. So he did unfortunately lose some money. Yeah, that's right. And unfortunately, um, people could unknowingly be investing amounts of money in products beyond our compensation limits, which they would likely lose if their provider went out of business. And actually, our research shows that only 36% of investors knew the exact amount of FSCS protection available for their money. And this goes back to what we were saying earlier. Um, It's so important to remember that it's your future at stake. And the closer you are to retirement, the less time you have to recover your money if something does go wrong. Yeah, that's right, Connor. Thank you. We're going to move on to talk a little bit about new investments now. Um, So the FCA, the Financial Conduct Authority, um, has published some research findings into better understanding investors who engage in 
some of the more high-risk investments like cryptocurrencies or foreign exchange. Um, And Emma, there were actually some really interesting findings that came out of this research, weren't there? Yeah, absolutely, Jess. I mean, I was really interested to read it. Um, As I said, right at the start, a bit of a pensions nerd, get really kind of into this sort of stuff. Um, And the FCA's research found that uh, investors often have, um, they tell people, so they, they told the FCA researchers that they had high confidence and high knowledge in what they were up to with their investment. But actually, the research also showed a lack of awareness or belief in the risks of investing. So although they claim to be knowledgeable, over four in 10, so over 40 percent said that losing some money wasn't a risk that they were aware of um, when they were investing, even though, as with most investments, the whole of the capital that they were putting in was at risk. So a, a real big chunk of people they could see that they might not gain money, but they weren't seeing that they could lose it all. Um, and that would, that really, that did surprise me because it's not always advertised, but how many things do you see where it's like your whole investment's at risk? It can go down as well as up. Like it's, it's something that I find that I see quite a lot, but the research obviously showed that it, maybe it's not always getting through to people. Yeah, I found that particular stat really shocking that nearly half of the people surveyed didn't view losing money as one of the risks of investing especially when most or all of their money is at risk. We see so much in the news at the moment about cryptocurrency. And, you know, there's so many stories of people either making loads of money out of it or they're losing fortunes. Um, Most crypto assets aren't actually regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, which means that FSCS can't protect you if a platform that holds or exchanges your cryptocurrency goes out of business. We want people to know this more so they can be aware of the risks before they invest. Yeah, absolutely, Connor. But just turning to one thing that we can protect, uh, self-invested personal pensions or SIPs, which we sort of mentioned earlier, um, we can pay compensation for those, can't we? Yeah, that's right. So a SIP is basically a wrapper for your pension that allows you to invest and build up your pension pot. The key thing to remember about SIPs is that the individual is essentially responsible for choosing the investments that are held within the SIP. And the types of investment which can be held in a SIP are quite broad. So we do hear stories from our customers who sadly have lost money from investments they held in their SIP as they just weren't suitable for them. Yeah, that's right, Connor. I've I've seen some of those claims myself um, and yeah, all sorts you can put in a SIP. Um, And speaking of SIPs, something else that's been gaining popularity over the past 10 years or so, um, especially with millennials like me, who we are typically less wealthy than the older generations, right? Um, I know there's all the kind of jokes about, well, if we didn't eat so many avocados, we'd be fine. But we are less likely to own our own home um, than, our, than our parents were. Um, so something called FIRE or the FIRE movement has been growing in popularity. And that stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And FIRE is all about maximising your earnings and savings, basically so that you can retire or at least give up full time work as soon as possible. And you will see people who are aiming to retire in like their 30s and 40s, even though they're only on kind of fairly average salaries. Um, And people who are into this FIRE movement will set themselves a target. So they'll set themselves a pension target and a savings target. And they call their savings target like a bridge, the savings bridge. And that savings bridge is to get them from their target retirement age to the age they can access their pension. So personally, I'd love to retire at 50. I've set that as a goal as myself. Proper pipe dream. Don't think it'll ever happen. But it um, it helps me make good financial decisions. But what I would do if I was really serious about that is 
if I was following the fire movement, I would try and save up uh, enough money so that I could stop work at 50 and that money would keep me going until I can access my pensions at 55, 57, whatever the age is going to be for me. Um, So to do that, you see people taking on quite extreme habits. (laughs) So really extreme investing and saving, investing and saving um, and minimizing their outgoings and living really frugally. Um, And I read a lot about this. You'll see a lot about it online and people's desire to escape the rat race early you can see it happening it encourages them to take higher risks so if they've got this goal for this savings pot they're desperate to reach it so i read about people setting up pensions sips are a big thing they're they're often recommended but they're recommended by strangers online <laughs> that, that that's who's recommending these things to each other and and people get very competitive and they'll they'll write blogs about how far they're getting towards their goal they'll track every penny and i'm just not sure these these real followers of this movement are always checking that these investments are meeting their objectives, that they're protected if something goes wrong um, and that they know the kind of limits to that. And for me, I just see a lot of things that seem like quite a gamble and a risky approach to making money. And as I say, as much as I would love to retire at 50 and I'm I'm trying hard to save, um, I just worry that people get really sucked into the dream of 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 this kind of fire movement and things like that. And it, and it just leads them to making decisions that, that just aren't right for them. Yeah. And it's, you know, this riskier attitude to investing, whatever form it takes, just highlights how important it is for people to do their research and make sure their investment, the investment is appropriate for them and they're fully aware of the associated risks. We always recommend that people check if their new or existing pensions and investments are FSCS protected. It's that quick check now for peace of mind later on, no matter what age you are. And again, that's why we created our pension protection checker. And we're currently actually working on a new investment protection checker for our website. So as well as checking if FSCS could protect your pension, you'll be able to do the same for investments. And this is part of our ongoing mission to empower you to find out if FSCS can protect you. You can find all the information you need on this on our website, www.fscs.org.uk. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Um, Wow. So we've covered loads today, actually. Um, And we started off by saying how complex pensions are. And I'm sure probably everyone listening will um, agree that what we've talked about today definitely supports that. So hopefully this episode has shed some light on what we can pay compensation for and just some of the risks associated with pensions as well. Um, And, you know, like we said, it is really worth giving our pension protection checker a try. It's, you know, as Connor said, just a few simple questions. And that's, yeah, it's just that quick check now just to sort of protect your future and make sure it's safe. So we've kind of finished talking about pensions now for today at least um and now we're going to move on to the question that we ask everybody at the end of the podcast so at FSCS we are all about keeping your money safe but what was the toy that would have got you breaking open your piggy bank as a child now I know Emma and Connor are very excited to answer this um so who would like to go first I want don't Connor. all jump at once <laughs> I really want Connor to go first and he'll just make me feel really old about whatever it is that he wants to hide <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear Connors. Uh, Yeah, so the distinct toy that I can remember growing up that I remember saving money for and seeing in the shop and really wanting was um, like a a set of Tracy Island from Thunderbirds. Um, So I I just, I I can't remember how much it was, but I remember that being something that like really caught my eye on the shelves and saving pocket money for it. 
and then just being so happy once I'd saved all my pennies for it and come home with this massive box and you know had all of the individual Thunderbirds and yeah that was a great toy. I love See it. now if you grew up in Burnley like I did you had to watch Blue Peter and make your own Tracy Island out of like Emma, rolls. I, I thought that exact same thing where, although Connor might be a bit young to remember that. <laughs> Yeah, I actually saw that on Twitter recently. Um, like pe- people were putting up pictures of the sets that they'd made. It was really funny. I did wow, make brilliant. one, and it was terrible. <laughs> so for me, possibly quite shameful to admit this as someone in their mid thirties, but I do still raid my piggy bank for toys. So especially last year, I got a bit of an expensive Lego habit, which I need to put a stop to if I'm entirely honest otherwise that retire at 50 dream is dead in the water um but as a child I vividly remember pouring over um as Bill Bailey would call it the laminated book of dreams that was the Argos catalogue every Christmas I would sit and highlight the things that I wanted Father Christmas to bring and I don't know why but I really always remember this I always wanted a Mr Frosty so I don't know if anyone remembers a Mr. Frosty, but he's like a little snowman. Jess is nodding. I know nods don't work on a podcast. Yeah, I, I do. And I never had one either. I always wanted one, Emma. Always. I always wanted one. And it's basically like a little snowman and you freeze a big ice cube and put it in his head. And then there's like a handle on the side and you turn it and he makes like a snow cone. And unsurprisingly... My mum was not a fan of me wanting this and I wasn't allowed one. So, um, and I've never bought one, but I think you can still get them. And I am always tempted if I, if I do see them to, to maybe go buy one. Yeah, you're so going to buy yourself one now as your next present to yourself. Don't pretend you're not. <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Emma and Connor. Uh, and we hope that everyone listening enjoyed the podcast. So you can find the podcast on our website, which for the last time is www.fscs.org.uk and all the usual places that you find your other podcasts. So we really would love to hear what you think. So please do rate and review us or you can let us know on our social channels. If you just search for at FSCS, you'll find us. And we've also not long ago launched our Instagram channel um, and you can follow us there for tips and guidance on how to make sure your money is protected. Thank you for listening.